You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Holly Cotton here, and I am joined today by Avery Washington, who is a poet and an author. You guys may be familiar with Avery because the first book that he wrote was a bestseller called Letters for My Daughters. And today we're going to talk about another one of his books, which is called The Oversexualization of Black Women in America. I have my copy right here. Love it, love it, love it. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. So welcome, Avery. Hello, how you doing today? So first question, of course, is whenever I read the, the title, The Oversexualization of Black Women in America, I immediately said, Hmm, this is interesting for a man to write this kind of book. So, <laughs> so can you start off by explaining to us why you wrote this book? Okay, uh, that question was asked by a man also. He was wondering how could a man write a book like that? But to give you all a little background on me, I was raised by three generations of women. You know, I was raised by my great grandmother, my grandmother and my mother. So I also married a single mother. And I had two daughters within that marriage. So I've been around women all my life. And Black women have been pouring into me all my life. And raising three daughters, of course, I always wanted to write content to protect them. Just like you mentioned, Letters to My Daughters, Poetic Affirmations of Love from a Father. I wrote that book to teach them the embrace of love of God and self so they would desperately seek love from man or anyone else. And with over-sexualization of Black women in America, I feel that black men are also responsible for the oversexualization of black women in America. And I wanted to go from a historical standpoint from the 1700s until the present day. And what I wanted to do was leave some solutions so that we can have some positive narratives and control our narratives as creators and have some positive content about our women instead of continuing to create content that is degrading to our women. Okay, I love that. First, I thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you having a voice for us. So thank you. And especially being a mother of a daughter, I totally understand. And as I read the book, you know, I, I did pay attention to certain things that you said. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a different angle or that's an interesting outtake, you know, um, outlook on certain things. So I definitely appreciate that you kind of took this on as a personal project as well, um, because you do have children. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about was at the, one of the earlier chapters of the book, you kind of talked about your upbringing and you kind of just went into that as well about being a single mom. And I thought one of the things that you said was very interesting and it was about you not having a father and you kind of talked about that and losing your dad and not really, you know, knowing, having a connection with him. And you said that when people asked you, why weren't you sad or did you miss not having a dad? You were like, I didn't even have a dad. I don't know what that's like to miss it. So how has that impacted you in being the father that you are? I mean, I guess if I was to speak to a therapist, they would tell me where you're so overprotective of your daughters because you didn't have a father around. But me growing up with my mother and not having a father around, I don't know what it's like to miss having one because I never had it. So it's just a real answer. But my mother always kept me with positive male role models. I played sports, you know, since childhood to up through high school. 
And uh, she always had a positive mentor in my life. So I learned a lot about being a man by being around positive role models. And I think that's very important for single mothers if they have sons. That's true. That's true. That's true. I have a son also. And um, and I definitely feel conflicted at times because I, I want to raise him not to be one of the men that out here I'm always cussing out. No. <laughs> Right, right. And I'm like, you was raised better than this. Do not, don't have these girls out here thinking that your mama didn't teach you because I've te- I've taught you. So yeah, I know it's kind of like now you realize what you didn't have and you want to make sure that your kids have that. And it kind of forces you to be a little bit maybe overprotective or o- an overparent because you're trying to make up for what they lack. So I love that. I love that. Um, kudos to you for being a great dad. Now, let me go into the book because I know everyone's like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, get to the point, get to the point. Okay, <laughs> so as I was going through the book, I know that you had a lot of historical references in the book, which I loved because I was getting my um, uh, Black History Month on while I was reading as well. And one of the references, I actually had to go and research it because I had never seen this movie, Sweet sweet back badass song and so i guess my parents um were censoring my <laughs> what i was watching so when i went on i looked and i was like okay this is interesting so can you tell us because you did you know you had like a like a whole couple of pages or one or two pages i'm not right. not the whole thing but i'm just saying you had like a lot of content <laughs> that referenced that. So can you tell us how that became something that you saw as a monumental impact on over-sexualization and also how you found that, like, how did you even come find that movie? Because you're not that, you're like my age. So I'm just curious how you even found it. So how you found it and then why you're using that as a reference point. Well, before I wrote the book, I spoke to my editor and he was like, Avery, you know, this title, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. You know, he said, you know, you can offend a lot of people. So that was the reason why I wanted to put historical facts so people can understand where I was coming from with the book. And, uh, you know, the slave masters back in the day, they created a narrative, which is a false narrative, that black women were innately hypersexual and that white women were pure. So... During the black exploitation period, when you're speaking about that movie Sweetback, Badass Song, there was a time where we had black directors and filmmakers who could have changed that false narrative and created positive roles for black women. So black women wouldn't be represented in that false narrative light, that very negative false narrative light. So I just didn't understand why as a black creator, why didn't we take that opportunity to take advantage and change that narrative and, and, and place our women in a positive light? Just like the slave masters said that uh, black women were innately hypersexual and white women were pure. We should have took that narrative and protected our women. And I think that was a key point in history where as black men, we have to be accountable and realize that we failed our women at that pivotal point in life. 
Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. And I, I, I love that you said that because that's true. And I think that even now, like you said, even now with the music videos and all of these platforms where you could highlight black women, just minority women, because it's, it's, it's in black and brown right now, because it's like everybody kind of right, has right. this, like now everyone has these mixed kids. <laughs> they don't really know, you know, oh, and so they're like, mm, okay. But yeah, anyone that's technically brown and whatever they're being shown as these over sexual beings like everyone looks exactly the same every they have the same body the same look and and everything that could be positive it's like it, it is everything is sexy and all of this stuff and and you have to read the book because i'm not going to tell you guys all the tidbits but he talks about a lot of the music he talks about certain things and we'll go into one because i know we're going to talk about what when we talk about negative feedback because <laughs> i know you were getting you were getting beat up about WAP. so we're going to talk about that in, yeah, in a I little got beat bit up. um so mm -hmm. i know that i'm gonna give a sidebar on myself for a minute avery okay so I know for me, I like to feel sexy to the person that I'm with, right? So I I feel like it's hard, and I know that you're married and all of that stuff, but I'm just saying like as a, I'm talking about for like maybe a single person. So I know that it's hard for women to date men that have the opinions kind of like you and feel like they may not know how to be that sexy being for someone who does feel like a lot of things are over sexualized. So how would you explain that to a single man or a single woman that wants to be sexy for her husband? At what point do you kind of give your, I guess right now, your expert opinion about how to not be over sexual but still being sexy well over sexualization of black women in america i know that's a strong title but like i said i gave a historical standpoint i mean i've been married 24 years and i love women and i see nothing wrong with women being sexy so i don't want people to take the wrong opinion i'm not speaking of women being sexual i want women to be sexual we are human beings we're sexual beings what I'm saying is when people exploit people and uh, when they exploit women and over-sexualize women, when somebody looks at you as an object, not you over-sexualizing yourself. So I'm not attacking women in the book whatsoever. What I'm doing is I'm letting people know the history of it because we as creators, we need to create content to uplift our women. Because I'm giving an example. I have a 16-year-old daughter that's beautiful. All my daughters are beautiful, but my 16-year-old is always fully clothed. She came home one day, and I was having a conversation with her. And when I was having a conversation with her, she started crying. So I asked her, I was like, what's wrong? And you have adult men that will over-sexualize any woman, <laughs> no matter what. And adult men would try to speak to her. And as a child, that's offensive, and that's scary. So what happens is these young teenage girls will start feeling insecure about their bodies and blame their bodies for people putting negative attention on them, which these people are over-sexualizing you. It's not you. 
So, you know, by being in a home and being a father and, and, and you know, instilling love and support to her, it made her feel better about herself and it gave her confidence about herself. And I had to explain to her, it's not you, it's these men. So, you know, a woman just has to be real attentive to what's going on around her and she can decide on who she wants to be sexy with and how she wants to be sexy. I have no problem with Okay, that. and I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of explain that to us because like you said, when people read the, the title or they're getting into it, I want people to understand what it is that you're trying to say. So I'm glad that you broke it down because I, I think that that's, it's kind of like a thin line almost of, when you become too sexy and I have a daughter the same, I know ex as soon as they start getting some boobs and a booty, like everybody's right. looking at them and, <laughs> and she has a, and they feel insecure. Right. About it, you know? Right. She has an older <laughs> brother who wants to fight everyone. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can't <laughs> fight everyone. But yeah, it's like, there's this thin line that people cross and it's like, when does it become too sexual? When is it not? So I wanted you to kind of give us your, your input on that as well. I have a, I have another point on it. Basically, when it becomes too sexual is when it's degrading. When it's degrading our women or some women, if they're degrading themselves, you know, uh, I think that's when it's too far. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'm taking notes of this. Okay. Yeah. All you bastards. No, <laughs> all, all these men out here. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you as a man. Look, look we're okay, going to have a okay. sidebar right quick. <laughs> okay, as a man, and when I was coming up, women have complete control, I would say 99% of the time, on how a man approaches her. You know, you have some men that are going to be disrespectful, disrespectful no matter what. But if a woman is carrying herself in a, a professional or a classy way, even if a guy is very disrespectful and you know, just no manners, manners at all. He will step his game up to speak to her and try to reach her on her level, you know, and he will approach her with respect. So what I, what I teach my daughters is carry yourself like a young lady. And most of the times people will approach you like a young lady. But on the other hand, if you carrying yourself like what? Hey, I mean, guys approach women the way they carry themselves. A lot of women don't want to hear that, but that's reality. How do you feel about that? I, you know, I totally agree and, and not to be a prude about it or anything or, or the auntie now, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm older. <laughs> so, uh, but I always felt like I always was more on the classy side. You know, of course I, I, if I'm going to the beach, I'm wearing a bikini. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. If I have a cute dress, you know, I'm still going to rock it or whatever. But I understand what you're saying as far as that. Like there's there's this this differentiation between being sexy and then, you know, you don't have to take every picture with your legs wide open. You don't, you know, like there's certain things. So it's kind of like, but the problem is, is that now <clears throat> that is being embraced. And actually I'll tell you, I had a conversation with someone and we were talking about Instagram and just, you know, just my platform and the growth that I've had and all of this stuff. And so, and he was like, yeah. And he was like, and it's crazy because a lot of, uh, of women really, it's very difficult for them to grow like an Instagram or whatever without, 
doing extra sexy stuff. And he was like, you know, so I'm glad that you are still showing that you can be classy and respectful. And I was like, yeah. And I said, and it's really sad because to have like an influencer status now on social media or on these platforms, the expectation is that you are sexy. So the 20 year olds, they're seeing that, you know, you have to have the fake bodies. You have to be taking pictures, you know, in lingerie and have your booty cheeks out and all of this. And it is kind of sad because it's like, what do you do? Do you try and stay on the path of I'm going to be classy or do you conform to what it is that society is asking you to do in order to be successful and have followers and have, all of this, you know, these benefits that come with it. So, yeah, it. It's tricky because you and another woman could wear the same exact outfit, but you would look classy and she might look another way. So it's all about how you present yourself and how you carry yourself and what you wear. And then, like you say, some people conform, but if you conform to what society wants, what type of tension, what type of attention or what type of man do you think you're attracting? Are you attracting a man of substance or are you attracting a man that just wants you for your physical? Because you're you're not showing uh, any any intellectual side of you. You're just showing your physical body. And uh, that's that's going to draw the wrong type of attention a lot of times. Not saying that it's deserved, but. I'm just being honest as a man, when a man is just seeing something physical constantly, that's all he's thinking about. He's not thinking of your intellect at all. Right. Yes. And I, and let me just have a disclaimer. Me nor Avery is telling you that you cannot wear your sexual outfits. (laughs) We're not Not telling you that you cannot wear your dresses. (laughs) You cannot wear whatever you want to wear because that's always something. And I know you get a lot of (laughs) backlash for that, but because people, well, I can wear what I want to wear and a man should never, I shouldn't have to protect myself from a man. I shouldn't have to do that. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I want to make sure we are telling that to everyone that's listening. We are not trying to control what you wear. You are right. You could walk around the street, butt naked. And it does not mean that a man has a right to grope you, to sexually assault you, anything else. We're not talking about that. We are specifically talking about over-sexualization and how it is and where it started and where it is now and how it's still going on this path. So just a disclaimer, because don't nobody come on my show and (laughs) start trying to attack. That's why I also had two female uh, contributors to the book, you know, because I wanted the females, you know, version and and how they, how over-sexualization of black women in America uh, the experience has, you know, has bothered them or, or affected them in any right, kind of right. Way. And you actually had like some some big people that did that were like contributors, right? Or some some like really like black yes. African American yes. studies people. So that's good. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay, so can you tell us? Because now we're kind of talking about the backlash that that you do get sometimes. So <laughs> I know you talked about one in the book specifically about WAP. And first of all, let me tell y'all right. something. Keep y'all WAP. Do what you got to do. Ain't nothing wrong with some WAP. Do you, do you, but. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you. But look, 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 I'm a daddy, you know. I'm a, da- I'm a daddy with right. three daughters. So 
I got I got a right, different opinion. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, so but what we're specifically talking about is the context of WAP and how you know women are just in the club now and they like they're just like I got that WAP. You know, it's like okay, okay. Like why is that? So, like why is that the only thing you have to offer now? So. Tell us about right. some the instance that you talked about in the book where you got attacked for <laughs> saying y'all need to calm down. Well, uh, it was it was two famous uh, female singers. Uh, they're now in their fifties, female R and B singers, and they were having a live on Instagram. Of course, I won't mention their names, and uh, they were talking about how cute the song WAP was and how they loved it, which they're adult women, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, they was just asking people's opinions. So I chimed in and I told them as a father of three daughters, because in my opinion, people can say what they want. But this hip hop music is geared to teenage girls. It's not geared to adult women. These teenagers are buying this music. So, yeah, uh, raising our kids, it starts in the home. But when our kids leave the home, we have no control of what they listen to or whatever. So anyway, um, I told them that as a father of three daughters, that I was offended by the lyrics because I wouldn't want my daughters singing the things that they're singing, especially in public, you know, and uh, the women attacked me and said, well, he need to learn how to raise his daughters and this and that, not knowing that I'm a family advocate. This is what I do. But uh, I just didn't understand that how they quickly attacked a father for speaking up for his daughters. Right. And that's why I put the disclaimer out there, because we're not talking about anything like that. We're not talking about what you can and cannot wear. We're not talking about you being a sexual person, any of that. Hey, be sexy, rock the dress, rock the bikini, do whatever you want to do. We're talking specifically about the exploitation from generations and what that has done to the to the the african-american community minority community the mindset what it is now that people are defining as sexual and sexy and over sexy so that's what we're talking about specifically so avery can you tell us what is the biggest reason uh, the biggest thing you want people to take away from your book well, I just want us as content creators to control our narratives again. You know, a lot of us complain about these people did this to us, that person did that to us. But right now, the false narratives that were created in the past, we are starting to just carry these narratives on and, and we're degrading ourselves. Right now, in this day and time with social media, I mean, the Internet, there is no reason why we should continue to create content that is degrading. If you look at the music industry right now, I mean, everything on the music in the music industry is negative and degrading to our people. But, you know, I remember during slavery, you know, we, music was very impactful. You know, uh, we had music that, you know, taught our people to, you know, escape, you know, ways to escape freedom and everything like that. Then you look at the civil rights movement during the civil rights movement movie. The music was impactful to help us to keep marching on. And uh, even during the love uh, R&B music, you know, we had a lot of black men speaking highly about how much they love and how much they respected their women. But nowadays it seems like that agenda has been switched to where, Hey, 
we're going to get these kids out of the uh, uh, that's becoming from generations of poverty, pay them millions of dollars to put out these negative and degrading messages to the rest of the community. So we're going to pay you millions of dollars, but we're going to let you continue to put this narrative out there that's going to destroy your community. And I think we have to put a change to it. We have to start creating, you know, positive narratives towards our community. Yeah. And I'm glad you talked about that because we always talk about 90s R&B. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, a lot of babies were made right, back right. then, right? But the 90s R&B, everybody, <laughs> it was love and I miss you and all of this stuff. And like now, I mean, and and like, honestly, when, when I'm doing, uh, like when I'm posting a video on TikTok and, and you have to pick a song or pick the audio, and sometimes I try to list, like I'll try to look for a song and I swear, like, it'll say something sweet the first two lyrics and the next lyric is like something nasty and i'm like something right? real I'm foul. Like, okay i like the beat <laughs> i like the song and now you're already talking about ass and what it's like what like oh my gosh y'all don't even know how to sing a, a r&b song anymore <laughs> like it's not even Oh, thank goodness those artists like Tank and and everybody they still moving up. Right, we still have <laughs> them. Wasn't for them saving yeah. the day. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for our kids, but anyway, I digress, Avery. <laughs> okay, so what I also wanted to do was I just wanted to just touch on because I know that letters to my daughters was something big that you worked on, and I know that you actually you had something at NAACP and all kind of stuff that went with that. So tell us about that as well. Um, just, you know, a little promo for that and explain to us how that came about and, and what, what the goal was for that. Oh, I want, I love the cover. <laughs> okay. This, this is letters to my daughters. And like I said earlier, I wrote letters to my daughters to teach my daughters to embrace the love of God and self. So they wouldn't desperately seek love from man and anyone else. But what I didn't understand is that I thought God was using me to write from my heart to my daughters. But as I did interviews and did radio shows, black women, not just black women, but just women in general, uh, started shedding tears and telling me their stories. And I had no idea that a lot of black women were hurting from the lack of a father being in the home. And a lot of them would tell me that, Avery, I wish that I had a father in the home to say the things that you're saying to your daughters in the book. And maybe I wouldn't go through that heartache and pain. I wouldn't have experienced the heartache and pain that I experienced in the past, you know? So I have quotes in the book, like never live your life according to man's expectations. You're above the expectations of man. You're God's creation. Never sacrifice your love for self for the love of someone else. And just a lot of positive uplifting quotes to build self-esteem. And that's what I was doing for my daughters. I wanted to leave a legacy behind to where they can open it and say, hey, this is what my dad was saying to me. You know, my dad was pouring love affirmations into me. But uh, the book has touched more adult women than kids. And that shocked me and that surprised me. And y'all taught, they taught me a lot. And I love that. I love that. And I will tell you this, and I don't talk about my personal business a lot, but, um, well, you know, unless I'm cussing out people, but I don't talk about, (laughs) but I have a great dad. Like my dad was like you, my dad was still my best friend. If you follow me on Instagram, you see, I take my dad on family vacations even now. So I'm a huge daddy's girl, but my daughter, unfortunately didn't have that relationship and doesn't have that relationship with her dad. And, you know, sometimes I'll hear 
her say things when it's me and my dad and she's like, oh, I wish I knew what that was like or, you know, that's not the way that I'll, I'll be. So, you know, my dad has tried to kind of embrace that for her and stuff. So you're right, though. Like, I see it through her and I'm always really sad. And I even tried to tell her dad, you know, like, you don't realize this is a big impact. You know, you're supposed to be your daughter's first love and that person that's doing those things. So I definitely appreciate that you are doing that. And like you said, there's so many women who now have made bad love choices or did things in life. You know, I, I try to keep my daughter. I'm like, listen, all right, now, you know, you ain't got a daddy, but you got a mama that's a pimp. So let me tell you how to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, real talk, real <laughs> so talk. We're not going to do these crazy <laughs> things. All right, you ain't no crazy girl. Now this is what it is. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Navigate like this. So, you know, so I try to do that. But yeah, she had that father figure. So I, I definitely think, you know, especially if you have a mom that maybe is not as vocal about those things, there's definitely a, a disparity there between the the women that have those involved fathers that are actually being a father figure and then women who maybe don't have a dad or have a dad who didn't know how to teach them self-love. So that's that's really important too. I love that. I love that. So Avery, tell us about... Any future projects and how people can support you? Because, I mean, now they want to go, either they want to go read the book to hate on it, or they want to read the book they want to be educated. <laughs> and now they want to go get letters to my daughter for themselves or their own loved ones or yes. whatever. So tell us about any projects that you're working on and how people can get your things and support you. Okay, I'm gonna uh speak about the products that the you know products I had in the past. Uh letters to my daughters, poetic affirmations of love from a father. Um just speaking my mind, spoken word poetry, volume one. Uh a lot of people know me from uh being a spoken word poet. Um I started off as a spoken word poet with uh seven the poet down at the shadow bar back in the day off of two one three miler. So uh let's see i also wrote a book called mother it's a heartfelt tribute to single mothers what i wanted to do was pay homage to single mothers because i think a lot of single mothers need to be celebrated and i wanted to celebrate mine also i wrote a a love letter to our beautiful black women because i love black women like i said i was raised by black women and i feel that we owe it to black women to pour into them and um Legacy is a book I wrote also, which is the second edition to Letters to My Daughters, because like I said, after I spoke to a lot of women about Letters to My Daughters, they shared their stories with me, and I kind of shared those stories in the book also. And the last one is Breakthrough. This is a book that I co-authored with Les Brown and some other authors, and this is a motivational book of us telling our breakthrough stories. So my upcoming events uh, in February, on February 18th, I do an annual event with Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the Fort Bend Alumni Chapter. So uh, we have a a book festival that's uh, February 18th that I'll be participating in. And right now I'm working on a movie for over-sexualization of Black women in America because I think that really needs to be told. That story needs to be told. Okay, Look at you, Busy B. So how can they get all of those books? Or, or I'm sure all platforms, but websites, social media handles. 
Okay, if you want autographed copies of any of my books, please go to AveryWashington.com, which is my author website, AveryWashington.com. Now, if you want the Kindle editions or the audio books uh, or hardcovers, you can go to Amazon.com. But uh, also, please follow me at Author Avery Washington on Instagram, and you will be able to see all the updates of the events that I'm doing. Okay, love it, love it. So website is... AveryWashington.com Avery and Instagram is AuthorAveryWashington.com and Avery is spelled A-V-E-R-Y. Okay, good for clarification for anyone that's listening as well. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I'll have to definitely figure out how to come to one of your book events and network. And is there anything that you want to end with? Anything you want to share? Any positive affirmation for for anyone listening. I know you were speaking about uh, your daughter and uh, about uh, a father is the first love of a daughter. And that's one of the quotes that I have in letters to my daughter. Uh, The quote is uh, the first love of a daughter is her father. So don't be the first man to break her heart. And uh, I think that's very important. And I want to give a shout out to single mothers. You know, I know there's a lot of myths out there about, you know, single mothers that are negative. But honestly, a lot of men of substance appreciate and value single mothers because I was one of them. When I saw my wife and I saw how she raised her daughter and how she took care of her daughters and how she was independent and strong, men of substance love strong, independent women. You know, there's another myth out there that men are intimidated by independent women. Those are not men. Men are attracted to independent women. So I want to applaud all the single mothers out there that are taking care of their kids and on their grind with their businesses and everything. And I appreciate you. And that's why if you look at my line of books, all of my books are geared to celebrating women because women have poured so much into me. And I thank you all for doing that. Love that. Love that. And I know y'all heard he said men of substance, not y'all little chicken heads that ain't doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So if he's not appreciating you, that's because he ain't a man of substance. I love that. I love that. I love that. So that is Avery Washington. You guys make sure you support, follow, get his books, follow him for events, all that great stuff. So thanks Avery. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on your platform. You're listening to the, you don't know me yet podcast network.